Welcome into a new edition of the Rocky Mountain Hoops Podcast. I am your host, TJ McBride from MileHighSports.com, and this podcast is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Um, we're going to get into all kinds of stuff today about the Denver Nuggets as they head into their final preseason game, their only home preseason game, um, this time against the Portland Trailblazers once again. I'm recording the show about Wednesday, about 3 p.m. The Nuggets just got done with practice not too long ago. And because of that, I want to talk about what was spoken about at practice, what things Michael Malone is looking for the Nuggets to clean up heading into their final preseason game, which players need to show some more improvement, which players have been very strong, um, things like that. So I'll end up talking about Jeremy Grant and Jamal Murray. We'll talk about Michael Porter Jr., of course, because we can't go even 10 minutes without talking about Michael Porter Jr. We will talk about the Nuggets being hunters or hunted, as it was spoken about today. We will also talk about the Nuggets really troubling turnover issues that they have been dealing with. So lots of stuff came out of practice today, if you can't tell. We spoke to Paul Millsap, Jeremy Grant, Michael Porter Jr., and Michael Malone today. So it's going to be a lot of stuff to break down from that. But then in the last segment, we will talk about what to watch for against the Portland Trailblazers on Thursday night when the Nuggets play their only home preseason game and their final preseason game before getting the regular season started. So I want to talk about um, who could be available because obviously Malik Beasley and Paul Millsap did not play last game. They were out with a couple different ailments. Uh, It was a right quad contusion for Malik Beasley, if I remember correctly, and a right calf tightness for Paul Millsap. So both of them did practice today, so we'll get more into that. We will also talk about who could potentially start at small forward this game and what that will mean for the starting small forward position on the first game of the regular season. I will talk about how many minutes Michael Porter Jr. could potentially play and what that says about his spot in the rotation. We will talk about if Denver can finally limit the turnovers they have been dealing with, and we will end on the final 10-man rotation and what I think it'll be. Michael Malone did say it'll only be 10 guys, so I want to at least try and give a little bit of an insight into who those 10 guys could be and who we're on the outside looking in. So, stack show today. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Um, First and foremost, though, I need to give some love to the Regulators Production Group for creating the beats on the intro and outro of this podcast. Without them, the podcast sounds way worse. Let's be very, very honest. My voice is nice, but it is not that nice. So, having their beats on the intro and outro of this pod has made it so much better. Reach out to them at Regulators Regime on Instagram or at Rod Simba. That's R-O-D-S-Y-M-B-A for any of your audio production needs. So, Let's take our first break, and I will be back in a second to talk about practice. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. It's time-consuming, expensive, there are so many carriers to choose from. How do you know you're making the best choice? That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship all of your orders. ShipStation helps you get your orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all of your orders into one simple interface, making them very easy to manage from any device, even just your cell phone. ShipStation works with all of the major carriers, including the United States Postal Service, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon Fulfillment, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation has become the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. And right now, Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast listeners can try ShipStation 
for free for 60 days when you use offer code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk, and you can start your free trial without even entering your credit card. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, and then enter offer code BLUE. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. talk about practice because it is very much so important to talk about what was discussed today at the Denver Nuggets practice on Wednesday morning. There were a lot of things as I talked about entering into this show. We'll talk about Jeremy Grant and his familiarity. We'll talk about Jamal Murray and his lack of consistency. We'll talk about the Nuggets not acting like they are the hunted and that they are still the hunters. And we'll talk about Michael Porter Jr. because it's impossible not to talk about Michael Porter Jr. And we will finish it off with turnovers. So I think the first thing, though, has to be Jeremy Grant because if you watch the Suns game, which granted may have been difficult if you don't know how to use NBA Reddit streams, but... Also, funny little tangent here. Michael Malone, during his um, press conference with the media today, asked how many people were even able to watch the game. Somehow, every single one of us had found a way to watch the game. He proceeded to ask us how, genuinely curious, and of course, someone piped up saying illegally, and he had to be explained what Reddit streams were after the game, uh, after the presser, which was just a very funny moment for where this world is at. How you can't just turn on your TV and watch a game anymore. You got to go through a bunch of backend sites through Reddit and find a way to watch a game illegally through the internet it's just a very funny juxtaposition of seeing both of those kinds of you know points of where it looked but regardless of that if you were able to watch the game against the suns or if you listen to my podcast that i had last week um not even last week a couple days ago um you will you saw jeremy grant look absolutely phenomenal his familiarity with the Nuggets is growing so much, and that was a big topic of conversation today during practice. Paul Millsap, uh, or Jeremy Grant gave Paul Millsap a ton of credit for helping him learn the offense, um, which I found very interesting because, of course, Paul Millsap is the veteran leader of this team, but Jeremy Grant could be perceived as his replacement. And this was another interesting tangent that I want to quickly touch on. It wasn't just that Jeremy Grant had spoken about how Paul Millsap, who is technically competition for him, has been his biggest boost to learn this Nuggets offense. Michael Porter Jr. also said that Will Barton has been the player who has helped him learn this offense as much as he can, despite the fact that they are also in direct competition with one another. This Nuggets team is so tightly knit, and it's such an interesting thing to see because not only is this a team that is extremely deep and has a lot of players that are extremely talented and looking to find their way into the rotation, they're also very young. This is the second youngest team in the NBA, and yet they're all working together to get the best possible outcome for a team, not for the individual, which I think is extremely notable. But regardless, um, so Jeremy Grant gave Paul Millsap a ton of credit for helping him learn on the offense, and then Jeremy Grant also gave the Nuggets organization a ton of credit for making his transition so easily. He pointed out Tim Connolly by name, pointed out the coaching staff, and the players as people who are making it easy. Quote-unquote, Tim knows what he is doing, is what Jeremy Grant said. That was cool. Uh, Of course, Jeremy Grant, his dad Horace Grant, and Tim Connolly go way back, so they have a lot of connections, and they have a lot of, um, I guess, similar paths that have crossed. So they have a good relationship, but... 
I think this is a very interesting tangent from what the Nuggets used to be. Um, there was times where the Nuggets like trading Chauncey Billups twice and ways that they have potentially hurt their reputation around the league. Well, now it seems like this Nuggets organization is doing everything they can to be able to fix all that reputation that they had hurt over the past decade or so. And a big part of that has been the fact that Tim Connolly and his staff has made things so easy for the players and they have drafted players that fit this culture to a T. And it seems that Jeremy Grant is absolutely another name that you can add as a perfect fit for what the Nuggets are trying to accomplish on and off the floor. Uh, Michael Malone also gave Jeremy Grant a ton of love for his game against the Phoenix Suns. He spoke about his shooting, his post play. He really bullied people in this game, um, and he spoke about his defense, his shot blocking. Malone basically said that if you only watched this Nuggets team during the preseason, most would likely think that Jeremy Grant had been in Denver for a long period of time, that it wasn't like he had just gotten to Denver and this was only his third game as a member of the Nuggets. So, Jeremy Grant's familiarity, his growth within the Denver Nuggets has been absolutely notable. And while most of us had speculated it would be an easy transition, to actually see it happening is a very different thing. So, I'm at the point now where I can say without a shadow of a doubt that Jeremy Grant's immersion into the Denver Nuggets culture in terms of on-court and off-court style has been seamless, and it's been fantastic to see. Um, Michael Malone did say he wants um, Jeremy Grant to rebound better, so if there's one thing we're going to talk about on the court that needs to be addressed, it's that Michael Malone does want to see Jeremy Grant rebound better. Let's move on to Jamal Murray. As people know, I have been hard on Jamal Murray. Um, I have been harder on him the most. I'm, I'm not as big of a believer in his game as some people are. I think he has farther to go than people have been than, have, than people have been speaking about. So that has really been my basis of my I don't want to say frustrations, but just my perception of what Jamal Murray brings. Incredibly talented young lead guard in the, in the NBA. But for what the Nuggets need is competing for a title, he still isn't quite there yet. And Michael Malone spoke about his consistency today. He said that, that <laughs> Jeremy Grant, he, Michael Malone said that Jamal Murray was arguably the best player on the floor in the first half, and that's absolutely fair to say. He had five points and five rebounds in the first quarter. I believe he had 14 of his 16 points in the second quarter. He was finding his spots, making great passes, and really working. But the second half, he only had like two points, had four turnovers, didn't have an, only had one assist. He just, it's that consistency. It's the fact that he can have such an incredible 12-minute stretch and be so abysmal for the next 16. That has to change for the Nuggets to be the best version of themselves and to be able to actually compete for an NBA title. And simply stated, where Jamal Murray is at right now and what he has shown this preseason has not been enough to make people confident, or at least to make me confident, that he can be the guy the Nuggets need him to be this year. Of course, he can grow into it. Again, he's 22 years old and he averaged 18, 5, and 5 as the lead guard on a Western Conference semifinal team when one game away from the Western Conference Finals. So, this is not to say Jamal Murray's bad. That is absolutely not what I'm saying. Jamal Murray, by definition, is a very good basketball player, but he needs to be better in particular ways for the Nuggets to be their best. He needs to take care of the ball. He needs to develop a better shot selection. And Michael Malone spoke about this. He said, he literally said that... Jamal Murray had an open three but was not shot prepared, so we had to take a dribble pull-up into a contested two. Those are literally the issues right there, is that it's the details. It's the fact that he died on a screen instead of snaking around it or realizing he could have slipped under it. It's not 
being ready for the pass and ready to take a shot, so you have to take a contested mid-range shot. It's dribbling into traffic and having unnecessary turnovers. So despite the fact that it's unequivocally true that Jamal Murray is an extremely talented and productive basketball player right now, he has a long ways to go to be the player that the Nuggets need him to be. And that was a focus at practice today. The other thing that I thought was interesting coming from practice was the Nuggets made a point to speak about how they they may be perceived as the team that everybody is hunting, but as Paul Millsap said, the Nuggets have not done anything yet, and they are still doing the hunting themselves. They are not the hunted yet. I found this interesting because it was more of the way they spoke about the new expectations that are surrounding this team that make it such an interesting conversation to have. Nick Cosmod of The Athletic asked about how Reggie Miller and Jeff Van Gundy said they're picking the Nuggets to be the number one seed in the Western Conference next year. And when he said that during Michael Malone's press conference, Michael Malone literally dropped his head and facepalmed on purpose. And it was a little, obviously it was a little bit performative, but at the same time, it was very symbolic, I thought of, listen, this is the second youngest team in basketball. This is a Nuggets team that didn't make the playoffs for six years until last year. This is a Nuggets team that is still growing. And for them to already have these expectations on them, it is frustrating, I'm sure, because they're just trying to grow like everybody else is. So that was a very symbolic moment because, of course, Michael Malone is happy that his team is being perceived as so talented. But the way that the narrative has shifted from the start of last year to the start of this year is super interesting. And Michael Malone clearly feels a little bit caught up in it and would rather just worry about basketball as opposed to what Jeff Van Gundy and Reggie Miller are saying. Um, Michael Malone, after being asked about that, said, well, one, teams are going to be ready for the Nuggets all year long. They are not going to catch anybody by surprise. They were the fun upstart team last year, but this year they're going to be looked at as a team with a target on them. And Malone said the way that they can handle those expectations is in the most Malone way possible. This is what he said. He went out and said that they need to sacrifice. They need to get better every day and that they have to just tune out the noise, which is like the most Michael Malone statement possible. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle this because the Nuggets are the second youngest team in the NBA. They are, in my opinion, if they're not a top four seed in the Western Conference this year, it is going to look like a disaster of a season, depending on how they operate in the playoffs, of course. But on the last day of the regular season, if they're a five seed, it's not going to be looked at positively. So I'm very curious to see how these expectations are going to impact this young Nuggets team. Michael Malone actually also made the comparison. How many teams that are the second youngest team in basketball that were the eighth youngest playoff team ever last year that got younger going into this season have this kind of expectations placed on them? I don't think I've ever heard of it happening like this before. So I think it's a very interesting point, and I'm very curious to see how the Nuggets act going into the regular season. Because if they go undefeated in the preseason, they're turning the ball over, they don't really care, Nikola Jokic is playing with like 60% effort and they're still winning games, are they going to buy back in? I think they will, but we need to see it actually happen in my opinion. Let's move on to Michael Porter Jr. before hammering turnovers and then go into our quick second break. So Michael Porter Jr., I had a lot of questions about Michael Porter Jr. because I'm doing a story on him. I'm doing a big film study that should be that should drop before the first game of the regular season about how Michael Porter Jr. has accepted the challenge that Michael Malone has given him. Michael Malone said during train or during training camp and during media day that Michael Porter Jr. needs to do three things. He needs to be a strong defender, 
He needs to learn to be an off-ball offensive player, and he needs to be a good rebounder. So I asked Michael Malone and Michael Porter Jr. about this today, and from what it sounds like, it's going as well as can be hoped. Um, Michael Porter Jr. said that he's picking up defensive coverages. Paul Millsap said that he's getting better and called him great today. Uh, Paul Millsap actually said, and I quote, he can be a terror on the defensive end. So the Nuggets are seeing the possibilities of him buying entirely into their defensive schemes. So it's not like the Nuggets are worrying about him not doing it. I would make the argument that they are surprised by how bought in he has been. Uh, Michael Malone gave him a ton of credit for his defensive impact improving on each game. He said he was pretty rough in the first game against Portland, which was completely to be expected, but that he was much better in the second game against the Clippers and that he was solid against the Suns. I would agree with that. I pulled clips all morning. I think his defensive effort has absolutely been there, but it's now the finer details of trying to figure out how to be a good defender. Michael Malone said that defense is where he can improve the most, and that really it comes down to just that focus. Michael or Michael Porter Jr. is doing a good job on defense, and the team has told him he is doing so, and that the game is slowing down for him. Hammer it out and really figure out where he fits. It's going to change everything for him. When it comes to rebounding, it looks like he has been very good and the numbers back it up, but neither of them really spoke about it too much. Um, Michael Porter Jr. did give me a little bit more of a conversation about the idea of being an offensive rebounder than Michael Malone did. Um, Porter basically said that he used to get six to eight points per game in high school in the offensive class only. He said that to be a more efficient and effective offensive rebounder, he needs to get into better shape, but that he is absolutely focusing on that as a part of his game and said that it was kind of an underrated part of his game. Then, let's talk about his ability to be an off-ball scorer. Um, he said that he is actually pretty happy with how he has been as an off-ball scorer, and again, I would absolutely agree with that. He said that he has gotten the majority of his buckets off just moving, and if you go look at his at the film of all of his buckets that he has made, I would say 75% of them have come specifically off just moving and getting open and someone finding him. And he's realizing how easy it makes it for him to be able to get good shots by just moving. So it's good to see that happening. That's a very important thing. Um, in addition to that, he said that on the offensive end of the floor, Will Barton has really helped him open everything up and be basically a mentor to understand this offense that much more. And then again, like I said earlier, spoke about how the whole team is continually supporting each other despite the fact that there is competition. So overall, all pauses of Michael Porter Jr. Still needs to grow as a defender. He's still getting better as an off-ball scorer, but it's hard to be upset with where he is currently at. Lastly, for this segment, are the turnovers. Michael Malone was not happy. His voice was pretty much gone today, and I am just going to speculate that it was because he was yelling so much about turnovers. Uh, Malone said that the Nuggets are playing in crowds and tight spaces, and they just need to trust each other more. And I think that last point's the one that's really important. The Nuggets can make extra passes and not get themselves into turnover issues. That's really been the way that they can fix these issues. But this is the preseason. Everyone's trying to get their rhythm back. They're trying to get their shots up. So it makes sense. But still, 71 turnovers in three games. They had 24 against Portland. They had 24 against the Clippers. They had 23 against the Suns. They need to clean that up in a big way. Talking
talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether like I had a long day at work, or sorry honey I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication, it is simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today and connect with the doctor to take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. to be important about the Nuggets last preseason game. I think that's really going to be the biggest part of this conversation to have is what are we going to learn? What is there to even figure out? So first of all, let's set the let's just set the mood of what to expect. Michael Malone said at practices last week that he wanted to slowly ramp up his starters as they get closer and closer to the end of preseason. So I would imagine this fourth preseason game is going to be as close to Michael Malone's rotation for the regular season as we have seen so far. So that's going to create some very interesting discussions as the game is currently going through. Um, Before we go even further, let me first say that Paul Millsap practiced on Wednesday, as did Malik Beasley. The injury report for the Nuggets also just came out and both of them are no longer on the injury report so the only player that is not active for the Nuggets going into the Portland game tomorrow in Denver is Bull Bull by the way another quick tangent Bull Bull did take part in shooting drills today I don't know if that's new or what but it was notable I thought that he was out there actually taking part in the drills But I digress. So it sounds like everybody is going to be available so with that being said who is going to start at small forward? That's really what everybody is going to be waiting to see, I'm sure, is who steps out onto the court thir- or whose name is on the starting in- or the starting lineup report 30 minutes before game time. If it was my guess, I would say it's Will Barton. I think it's really only between Will Barton and Torrey Craig at this point. Um, so if I was to put odds on it, I would say there's a... Um, a 65% chance that Will Barton starts a small forward. There's a 34% chance that Torrey Craig starts a small forward. There's a 1% chance that Michael Porter Jr. does. I would be stunned. It's not out of the question, but I would be stunned. He's the only one of them that is, or that's not even true. Wancho hasn't started either. But Michael Porter Jr., maybe he gets to start to see what he can do. I would be surprised. I'm making it a non-0% chance only for that reason. Um, this is not who starts day one of the regular season. This is who starts on the dress rehearsal game. Game. And I would assume it's Will Barton by a good chunk of uh, by a good amount. 
With that being said, I don't think Juancho Hernan Gomez is even in this race anymore. I don't think Juancho Hernan Gomez has an opportunity to eventually start for this team this season. I don't think that the Nuggets are looking at him as a potential player to start at all. Um, also, I think we're we'll talk about this in a second, but the Nuggets, Michael Malone only wants to play 10 guys. I'm not sure if Juancho Hernan Gomez is in that list. So we'll talk about that in a second, but it does seem like Will Barton is a 65% chance, Torrey Craig is a 34% chance, Michael Porter Jr. is a 1% chance to start the final game of the season, just because it is going to be that dress rehearsal game. So, while we're talking about Michael, uh, you know what, let's talk about the, the Michael Malone's possible 10-man rotation first, before we get into Michael Porter Jr. Um, Michael Malone has said he only wants to play 10 guys, which is totally understandable. Trying to play more than that is an absolute disaster. No one gets a rhythm. It's genuinely frustrating for when coaches try and play more than 10 guys. So who are those 10 guys? Well, I think you have to start with, obviously, the starters. Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, I'm going to put Will Barton in there, uh, Paul Millsap, and Nikola Jokic. Beyond them, it'll be Monte Morris, Malik Beasley, Mason Plumley, and Jaron Grant. That leaves one spot left between Torrey Craig, Juancho Hernan Gomez, and Michael Porter Jr. if Malone does actually stick to this 10-man rotation. And this is where things get extremely interesting. And it's also why I said earlier, I don't think Juancho Hernan Gomez is even going to be in the rotation day one. So... Michael Malone said at media day that he absolutely needs to find a way to get Michael Porter Jr. minutes on the floor. That tells me he's probably going to play some backup power forward, some backup small forward, depending on lineups and play somewhere between 10 and 15 minutes a night. Um, who knows, but I would probably tentatively insert Michael Porter Jr. in as the 10 and a half players in this rotation. I don't think Malone can stick to 10 players. Plain and simple, I don't think he can do it. Unless you remove Mason Plumley from the rotation, Michael Porter Jr. isn't going to be in it. So I find that very hard to believe. I think it makes more sense for Michael Malone to play Mason Plumley 10 to 12 minutes a night, get Jeremy Grant some minutes at small ball five, have Michael have Michael Porter Jr. play either of the forward positions to get him some minutes. So as of right now, I think there are nine players who are without a doubt in this rotation. The five starters, including Will Barton, then you have Monte Morris, Malik Beasley, Jeremy Grant, and then one of the small forwards. I think it's Michael Porter Jr. and Torrey Craig who are going to be basically the splitting time as the 10th guy, and I think Walter Hernan Gomez is on the outside looking in. We will actually get a good look at what this is going to look like in this game because, again, this is the dress rehearsal game. This is going to be the closest to an actual regular season rotation that we have seen from, um, from Michael Malone so far, so it's going to be notable which players play and which ones don't. Also, don't take the fourth quarter as a you know, very important part of this game. I would say the first three quarters, how Michael Malone utilizes his rotation will be the most important. Once you get to the fourth quarter, Michael Malone might empty the bench, try and get P.J. Dozier some minutes, try and get Jared Vanderbilt some minutes, try and get Vlako Chanchar some minutes, try and get Tyler Cook some minutes, but I don't think that there you'll see any of those guys in the first three quarters. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see how, how much Michael Porter Jr. plays because he, he has only played in the first half once in three preseason games. In the first two, he played the entire fourth, fourth quarter, and in the first game, he played the last four minutes of the third quarter and the entire fourth quarter. So he has only played in the first half once, and that was against the Suns. If he plays in the first half, that would signify to me two things. 
One, he is going to be involved in Michael Malone's rotation in some capacity. Two, Michael Malone will likely open up his rotation to 11 guys to start the season before eventually whittling it down to 10 and then potentially even 9 once they start approaching the playoffs. So those are the two things that I think are going to be most notable if Michael Porter Jr. does play in the first half. Um, I also think that Michael Porter Jr. has officially leapfrogged Wancho Hernan Gomez in the small forward depth chart. And backup power forward depth chart as well because Wancho can kind of play both spots in the same way that Michael Porter Jr. does. So those are really the two things that I think are going to be notable when this game does tip off against the Portland Trailblazers tomorrow. Um, I'm going to be very interested to see how that happens. And then the last thing that I think is going to be notable is how the hell are the Nuggets going to play? Are they going to finally chill out with all of these turnovers? I don't have a whole lot of faith in that, but we'll have to just wait and see. If they do turn the ball over 20 plus times again last night, or tomorrow night, I'm not going to be terribly concerned. Probably a 3 out of 10 on the concern scale because it's preseason. Guys are taking shots that are outside of their skill set, trying to get a rhythm, trying to work on their game in this setting. So it makes sense that you're going to have a little bit more of a lackadaisical approach to the game in preseason as opposed to the regular season. What the Nuggets can't do is allow themselves to develop bad habits in the preseason and then have them follow them into the regular season. That's why I'm curious how the Nuggets control the ball. But that's really all I got. We'll see how it goes. I'm excited to see the Nugget season is officially back. It's been back, but this is the first time that I'm going to be back in the building because this is the only home preseason game. You're going to get tweets firing off from me after shoot-around, after we talk to players and coach at shoot-around tomorrow morning. We'll have us talking about uh, Michael Malone's pregame press conference, see if he tips his hat about the small forward position, and then a bunch of content from me tomorrow night. There'll be a new Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast tomorrow night. I will have some kind of game feature up as well, and we'll have a good, bad, and ugly up from Devalier Johnson on MileHighSports.com. So make sure you keep it locked to MileHighSports.com. Make sure you keep it locked to the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Make sure you are subscribed to the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast. This podcast is on, I believe, every single podcast platform that I can think of. I know there might have been some Google podcast issues. I believe they are fixed, but... It should be everywhere you can find it, and if not, please reach out to me. Um, also, please go leave a review. That's something that I'm trying to build up a lot more right now is that I haven't really tried to get reviews in, in the years past of doing this podcast, but those reviews are extremely helpful. So especially if you're on Apple Podcasts, please go leave a review, leave a five-star rating, leave me a little comment about what you like or don't like about the show, whatever it may be. Those things help this show grow so much. But that's all I got for now. We will be talking to you guys probably about 18 hours from now whenever the Nuggets do eventually tip off against the Portland Trailblazers and then we will talk to you after the game but until then I am TJ McBride of Mile High Sports this is the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network we will talk to you guys later Since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with high-quality cannabis products at everyday low prices. Serving the communities of Denver, Boulder, and Aurora, they offer their own flour and concentrates, as well as all the brands you love at prices that you just won't believe. They pride themselves in having the most knowledgeable and professional staff in the industry, and their team will work with you one-on-one to help you find the products that are perfect for you. Their dispensaries are unassuming, safe, and discreet, with ample parking at every location for a seat 
seamless retail experience. For up-to-date menus and promotions, head over to www.terrapincarestation.com or just come visit one of their five convenient Colorado locations today. Again, that is terrapincarestation.com, T-E-R-R-A-P-I-N, carestation.com.